So today on the late podcast, I have uh, a fellow Toastmaster, but also someone uh, interesting in the sense that we're going to be able to continue the whole real estate segment from the banknotes, from the investing side, uh, getting to know what's going to happen, a little bit clearer vision of the future of what's going to happen in real estate. And we have uh, Casey uh, Martin here. Uh, is it Brandy or Martin? Because you have it uh, Brandy on it's here. It's Brandy now. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, uh, Miss Casey Brandy, uh, that's exactly what's going to be on the podcast deal uh, whenever we publish this. But uh, you're going to give us a little take on real estate and you've obviously done it for a long time. Uh, when did when did you start real estate? I got my real estate license back in 2009. Hmm. Wasn't that the like the like at the very like what there wasn't there a recession going on around that oh, time? Or? Yes, we were right. Was there. it still going on around? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We we were <laughs> so deep into it that the repercussions hadn't even come out yet. The only repercussion that yeah. Oh my gosh. You know how COVID just happened, but we're still feeling the effects two years later. That's kind of what two thousand nine yes, was. Yes. It had it had happened. It had bottomed out, but we still weren't. So I was in college, right. I was a junior in college, and I was a finance major, and it just, you know, the financial market looked terrible, so real estate, I figured, was tangible, right. and I understood it, and I could rationalize mm -hmm. my finance mm -hmm. degree and do it that way. Yeah, uh, so you... So you went into finance not knowing you were going to do real estate? Right. Or was this like always like a goal for you? Uh -huh. No. I, okay. I went into college cool. as process of elimination. My parents made me go to college. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh -huh. I went into business school, but I didn't want to do marketing. I didn't want to do um, accounting. And I wasn't – I thought back then that I wasn't smart enough for economics. That left me with finance. Uh -huh. And so you stayed with finance and then it, so you got your degree and like you finished school and everything or did you like, like you were doing real estate and schooling? Uh, yeah, I was doing real estate and schooling. Very cool. Yeah. And so what was the repercussions if you don't mind me asking, like what did that look like for you guys? Like as realtors at that time, right? Or investing was, as well. It, it kind of is similar to what's going on now. There was, there wasn't quite the boom that we have now, but it was just on the up and up for so many years, and all of the really good real estate agents were, at least in my area, they were all known, and they kind of had that clientele and word of mouth thing, but when they had to pivot, they just didn't know how to pivot, and there, there really is something for mm. coming into any sort of market at the very, very bottom. You just don't know anything other than what you're currently in and you when you're at the bottom there's nowhere to go but up so. right right okay and so how did you capitalize on that i mean like that's so i'm like okay why would you start a business in the middle of a recession that's the first thing that comes to my mind um because at the time there was a whole bunch of bank-owned foreclosures that was the inventory mm. and there was a lot of it Mm -hmm. So that's just where I started. And mm -hmm. I started really close to where I was because I knew those neighborhoods. So I 
took a couple right. real estate investing classes with okay. my mom. And instead of having a lot of clients, I ended up buying a lot of stuff of her. So she could pick it up super cheap. Oh, that's cool. So you and your mom were you and your mom were partners. Yeah, we still business are. partners. We still are, even to this day. Oh, you still are. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, cause I, I you know, uh huh. She retired at the height of all of this. She retired in, I want to say, 2010, 2011 from nursing. She was in nursing for 25 years. And she managed to mm-hmm. get out and cash out her retirement, like her whole retirement fund, before the stocks dropped uh-huh. and lost like all the value. Holy moly! How did she know? Did she know, or she, she just had no idea? Like she had no she idea. She just did it because she, she just. just <gasps> really lucky. It was actually one of those rare instances where she had a lot of money in stocks mutual funds, a lot of stuff that conventional retirement funds invest in that a lot of people just don't understand. And her point was, I don't understand it. I'm going to take it out and figure it out myself. And she just got really lucky. That was like the best decision she could have. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I guarantee one of the top five of her whole life. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I believe it. I mean, that's, I mean, to have the uh, money, I mean, because did y'all do, like, the math or anything? Like, of when, like, uh, like it's like, oh, my gosh, like, you would have had this much or, like, uh, like if we had this much, if we just sold it right there, like, you would have been, like, way, way less, huh? Yeah, I mean, she would have lost over half. Over half? Yeah. Because that market corrected over 50% then at that point. Okay. It did. Oh, my gosh. It did. And that's... Yeah. Those so, that's markets, a good... That's uh-huh. when people get scared and they think stocks are just going to stall like a plane and they take their money out and immediately, sometimes they buy gold thinking that's the ultimate hedge. Mm-hmm. But as Wayne mentioned before, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not always the case. I should mm-hmm. put it that way. Because like right now, mm-hmm. gold isn't mm-hmm. the same hedge that it was even 20 years ago. What do you mean by that, the same hedge? So typically when inflation goes up and your dollar value goes down, gold will also go up. Like the value of gold will go up. Okay. Dramatically. Okay. And it's not. So that's, okay. Right now. It's not, even though we're having high inflation rates. Right. And it's going up in value, don't get me wrong. Like it's on a, a very a shallower mm-hmm. You know, way up. It's not like the way they put it in the commercials, where they're like, "If you're worried about inflation, buy gold." Right, like buy gold and you'll get rich. And yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, what is the best alternative right now against gold? And would it be the stocks markets or? I would say diversity. What is the best? Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends. The, the best thing I can say to do is not be all invested in one type of market. You know, I've learned over the years that you have an allocated amount of your investments in really risky stuff, like crypto. You have the majority mm-hmm. of your money into cash flow assets, and that would be, you know, like your rental real estate, 
rental um, properties. Yeah, yeah. Stocks that only pay um, dividends. Sometimes they pay them monthly or quarterly, and I have them on an automatic reinvestment plan. It's mm -hmm. called Drip. That's the acronym. You can Google it. It's, oh, cool. It's a okay. really great way to start <laughs> investing in stocks. It's called DRIP, Dividend Reinvestment. Okay. DRIP. Dividend Reinvestment Program. I think that's what it stands for. But it's the coolest uh -huh, thing ever. Uh -huh. I get it. Yeah, yeah. All you do, all I do, is download <coughs> TD Ameritrade, the TD Ameritrade app. I do this all for myself, the stocks, and you okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> no, it's cool. Every T month or every quarter, when I get paid something, whatever that amount is, the program automatically buys another fractional portion of that share of stock. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you start okay. off, with, you know, it sounds like uh -huh. two stocks. I'm just gonna do easy math. Two stocks, and they and they pay you ten yeah. cents every month. This program takes that twenty cents. And say the stock is ten dollars, you buy twenty cents mm -hmm. of a share, and it just keeps compounding on itself. Okay. Every month or every quarter. On its yeah, because you, so then at the end of what five ten years, you have a lot more than, and then all those reinvestments have, huh? Drip, D R I P. That's a good investment strategy. I've never heard of that. It's awesome. It's There's dividend. Reinvest on that, uh -huh. and you can start with the smallest. Mm -hmm. I started with like ten, twenty dollars, and I only started mm -hmm. about two years ago on that strategy because it was brand new to me. Okay. Now it's over twenty five hundred. Okay, cool, cool. Twenty five hundred from ten dollars to twenty five hundred dollars. Well, I keep adding in, like every two weeks, I'll add in fifty. I mean, I'm not talking a lot, like 50, 100 bucks. Right. You know, whatever you'd spend on like a nice meal. Yeah. You know, because you don't miss that every yeah. two weeks. You know, mm -hmm. you're probably going to get, mm -hmm. you know, down 15 years down the line and say, what could I have done? You know, if I would have just set aside $150, $200 a month into something like this that I didn't touch. And like I said, I don't have to think about it. This automatically reinvests for me. So it's grown. It's grown a lot then because it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I haven't dabbled with this. I, the only reason I know a little bit about stocks and stuff, not as much as you do, obviously, it's just crypto. That's when I, that's how I started my investing, like buying or buying it and it went up and then I sold it and bought too many beers with that and I shouldn't have done that, but um it, it that's how i said it and uh, and then it kind of went into okay then i got webull i don't know if you're familiar with webull the platform it's like a little stock trading platform it's i like it because of the colors um and it's it's helped me understand like i like i was like, okay shorting like i did shorting the other day i'd like turn two dollars into 25 and like I, that was for, i never do never doing that again i was way too like my heart was pounding and stuff and that was cool. Like that little experience and exposure with that. But um, actually, I texted my mentor. He he, <laughs> he messaged me today. He's coming to Dallas next week. What's up, Ross? Um, I texted my mentor. I was like, dude, I just made like $2 to 25 And he was like, 
is like do not do shorting at all it is way too risky like <laughs> and and it makes sense because i did hear the story of a buddy that did shorting um and lost like 30 grand and is still paying it back right now who who do you pay it to do you know do you know who you pay it to have you ever done that or no. you're a broker okay so yeah. that would be the plot okay yeah um uh-huh. wayne talked about this also you can set stops they're called stops and limits so uh-huh. if you are comfortable with selling a share we're gonna say we're gonna say the share like went up to twenty dollars and now because it's not doing well you tell the program hey mm-hmm. i want it to sell at, when it gets to ten dollars um mm-hmm. and then you've mm-hmm. only bought it for eight dollars you're not going to lose money there you have to set parameters when right. you do stocks. At least I do. I don't do that really risky stuff. Mm-hmm. I tell it all of my parameters. And if you don't. I. Hmm? You don't. You don't do the risky stuff. That's I what I meant. Sorry. I don't. I set it up to be yeah. very calculated. Okay. It, it sounds. It sounds like okay. So like to. People that are not in finance or anything, it sounds like a conundrum because it's like stock markets, like risky. That's investing. Investing is risky. How do you make it not risky? Is using those stop losses? Okay. Yeah. 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 You just take calculated risks. Okay. It's no different than, it's no different than like dating. You know, if you Uh come from a divorced home and you're dating someone who comes from a divorced home, you know, what are the odds that you guys are going to stay together. They're not great. Very low. So if -hmm. you were um, like a single female and you're like, I don't want to do that. I want to help my odds a little bit. You know, maybe my parents didn't stay together, but I'm going to try and find a guy whose parents are married. That may help us stay together. Right. That's putting parameters on something that you can't control. I can't control investing. I can't control the market or, you know, the tax laws because those affect your investments too. But you can try Mm -hmm. and you can take a very good educated guess with whatever you feel comfortable with. Like if your investments keep you up at night, they're too risky for you. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. That could, for you, that could be $200 playing around in the stock market. For some of my friends, that's, 200 grand in crypto they don't care they can lose it they just don't care it doesn't keep them up at night right Mm -hmm. you have to do investments with what my gosh to be playing at that level too (laughs) yeah right right i was freaking out at 25 dollars i don't know how i'd be able to do with 200,000 i just gotta be real up these houses and duplexes for under 25 grand it just didn't seem like that big of a deal like i'll figure it out Mm -hmm. or i won't Mm -hmm. like i picked up my very first duplex for eight grand i mean you can figure it out when you only spend eight that's uh yeah i borrowed 25 yeah that's you're getting your roi in like three months or something <laughs> well maybe like six or a year or something yeah. but yeah i borrowed 25 and the purchase price was eight so i had some money to pay the taxes and the insurance and do some rehab 
And that's why you were talking about pivoting. Most mm -hmm. people didn't pivot at that time. The people that were doing well. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's the how you pivoted because well that's the that's what you had. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. You have to. Speak. And therefore, you went in there. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I Sorry, I was gonna say you went in there at the at. Yeah, I think that I think we're having a little delay with the timing, and that's just the nature of this thing. <laughs> But uh, at, at least I'm noticing that now. Um, but the uh, you just that's all you had. Like that's what you learned basically. And so you went. I mean, you had good teachers. You had to have good teachers because nobody learns pivoting. Like or at least you you only learn it. You learn it by someone teaching them. You who like were you, was there like someone specific that was a huge mentor for you outside of uh, Wayne or is it Wayne the mentor? No, Wayne and I have the same mentor. His name is Eddie Steve. Okay. And he's been around a long Eddie, time. Eddie, okay. I also learned yeah. from... Doing real estate, I'm guessing. Uh -huh. Yeah, I also learned from a gentleman named Lou Brown. He's out of Atlanta. Lou Brown, okay. Mm. Cool. Shout out to Lou Brown and Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're great guys. Um, They've been around for a long time, but they're still around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if... If anybody teaches pivoting, I mean, like the best books, like in business, talk about like change. Change is always constant, and that kind of stuff. And like, it's only the people that adapt and stuff like that, you know. And you were, I feel like you were really lucky into getting in contact with those people that taught you how to do that. Because I'm sure the market's changed since then, and you've pivoted since then. Yes. Too. Yes, I have. So when the market was Very good. Cool. Yeah. I sold some of those that I had bought early on because they appreciated so much I couldn't not cash them out. And then okay. I pivoted again. I got really lucky. In 2019, I opened up my first Airbnb. Mm -hmm. In 2013? 2019. 18, you said. 13? Yeah, 2019. 2019. That's like... So you did that pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. And it's, it, I'm glad I did because when some of my regular tenants weren't paying, okay. my Airbnbs were full. And they were helping with the cash flow. In COVID? During COVID? Yeah. Really? Because I thought Airbnb, wasn't, weren't they going through like, like, like COVID hit and they were about to like go bankrupt or something like that or... Something, some crazy going on with them. I don't know if you remember that, but um, like mm -hmm. it was talking about like, oh, Airbnb tenants were like gonna like, like they were so screwed, but you weren't. I wasn't because I owned my places. A lot of people will rent an apartment or a house mm. that's not theirs. Okay, yes. And they make, they make the difference. So you could do that around here. You could rent an apartment for eight hundred dollars do airbnb and then i'm talking gross numbers here you could gross like mm -hmm. two thousand maybe twenty five hundred on a good month and you work with the difference mm. right right okay i don't have eight hundred dollars see it's so and uh -huh. okay okay so it's it's You've got you've got these houses at low. You sold them high. You got into Airbnb. 
you've always been an entrepreneur with a finance major like kind of same with me like you've kind of been creative also at the same time with the little like book smart kind of thing yeah have you always been like that yeah uh, i mean i've always had a hard time in school and that's probably because mm -hmm. people were giving me the word problems giving me the math problems giving me whatever curriculum they wanted but when you get out there and it's your choice, you can choose your teachers. I chose my real estate mentors. I chose the books I read. And mm -hmm. I chose what math I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. It just became a whole lot mm -hmm. more fun. Mm -hmm. With some dollar signs in front of the math, huh? But they're your dollar signs. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They're not anybody else's, yes. they're mine. <laughs> and, and <laughs> right. And I was going to ask, because, you know, I, uh, you mentioned your mom, and uh, I'm assuming she's a big inspiration for you, mm -hmm. her being your business partner. is How is that relationship with business and family? Because I've experienced it with my father, and I know it can get rocky sometimes, uh, especially when it deals with money, decisions, stuff like that. And I don't know, what is your experience with that? We're really lucky in that we're very different. I know that doesn't sound mm. in the forefront like it would work, but whatever I'm weak at, she has some strength and vice versa. So I have, mm. I can have a tendency to just make a mess of some things and she can help resolve it, especially on like relationship side. Right. So if I offend somebody, if I Relationships. intimidate uh -huh. them, she uh -huh. that that calming nurse presence, she just kind of brings the whole situation down. <laughs> Everyone can take a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not just charging yeah. everybody at every moment. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the you're the it sounds like you're the closer or something, or you're the like, let's go this way. Bah. <laughs> That's so cool. That is that is me. <laughs> Cheers, lady. Oh man, that's awesome. I did. You know, you. I, I think this world needs some more pragmatic women and more. Uh, you know, to bring. I don't know. Whatever you are, more of you. You know, in this world. The, the go-getters, the changers, the uh, the making things happen, you know? And especially with that Grand Cardone mindset. I'm a big fan of Grand Cardone. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to his 10X events, but how did you find out? I mean, I love this guy. He's so out there. He's just, I love him. I mean, sometimes, sometimes he says some things, and I'm just like, you know, how can you hate on him, you know? He just <laughs> does so well. It's so funny. I'm not <laughs> a big fan, but my husband is. <laughs> okay. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so, so you're just kind of like, so <laughs> you're just, so is your, so between you and your husband, are you more like that? Or is he more like that? He, my husband is more like you. He just likes to have a good time. He likes to talk. Okay. He likes to, I okay. call him Mr. Mayor because everybody likes him. Okay. He is, you know, any, oh. everything like word of mouth, relationship, that's, that's him party planner he can that's delegate okay. people will do anything for him 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> Sounds like a nice guy. I like him already. Because <laughs> you said he sounded like me, so I like me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so y'all, so every, so it's not, I mean, you, you guys are all like business all around and everything. So you got, I mean, you have this ex- I'm, I'm trying to make sense of the whole kind of like Wayne, like kind of like Wayne is engineer and creative, like go getter. Cause again, the same question that I'm going to ask, that I asked him, like, how do you balance? I don't know. Cause you think finance, right? Book just boom. Perfect. No risk. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like how, I don't know. Low risk. What is that like? I guess that's what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. I guess if you approach a situation, it sounds, it sounds terrible, but if you approach an investing situation with what is the worst that could happen and you just start slowly hedging mm. against that mm-hmm. that's how I work through things mm-hmm. okay I mean that's there's a genius to that because you found your method and you found your your way of working with it you know mm-hmm. and then it's uh, uh and and you've uh-huh the more something I'm sorry is stumping you or the quicker you want an answer. If you want a hard decision made like right now, that's exactly when you need to walk away. You need to go for a walk. You need to go for a run. You, Because when you step back, that's when that creativeness will come in. I know mm-hmm. a lot of guys, mm-hmm. um, like a lot of those mentors that I mentioned, they like to go for drives. They call it windshield time. Like, do you drive anywhere? Does mm-hmm. you know where you're going? They're like, no, I just hop in the car and I just go somewhere, and that's when that's when they get creative. I used to get, I used to call it stroller time. And when my son was really little, I would take him for like an hour long stroller ride, and that's when all my best ideas would just flow into my head. Really, stroller ride. Yeah, yeah. Stroller ride is the key to success. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. You know, and you're a mother as well. So you were, you're dealing with all these investments and also trying to make calculated risks so that your family can eat as well. Right. That, that's, that helps me make super calculated decisions. Yeah. Because I got the family, got the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And um dude i mean have they like peaked interest into what you're doing it's like well like i like what you do and stuff like that they have absolutely no idea what you do like the kids definitely know about the airbnbs because they're there with me cleaning decorating doing the landscaping so that they will probably have the most introduction to you know it's not okay it's not a lot of fun to talk about collecting rents eviction you know, when you, when you do notes like Wayne right. and I do, you are talking foreclosure. You're talking kicking people out of their house if they don't leave voluntarily. It's it's it sounds cold. It does, but there is no benefit to anybody if you're incubating uh-huh. an inevitable mm-hmm. situation. So. Either these people can't afford the house because of some life event. My most common reason that people get foreclosed on is because of divorce. So they divorce. They're no longer a two-income household. 
and they just can't come to a modification with me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I will modify the loan, but if you can't afford a decent amount and the taxes and the insurance and the upkeep mm -hmm. on the house, you have to go. Right, right. I mean, it, it is no benefit, I don't think, to them as well because it's like life isn't for free either, you know? It's not. Because you can, you do you have like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, foreclosure only stays on your record seven years. Hmm. And time will go on. Okay. It's it it doesn't mm -hmm. sound like it, but it's not the end of the world. Right, right. I didn't know that. I didn't know it just stayed on on your record for seven years. And so, like, it's gone afterwards, and then you can just like what happens like when you get foreclosed on. Like, say you get foreclosed on. Like, what's like what is my repercussions? Like, I cannot buy a house again. Is that what it is? Or you could. It will show. It will show that you have missed payments. Sometimes you'll get a tax bill for the amount of the mortgage that was written off. Mm -hmm. So there's a number mm -hmm. of things that could happen. But you can definitely buy another okay. house after you get so, closed on. Okay, so it's just foreclosure on that house, and then you can buy another one. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just like you could not at all for like... A couple of years. I mean, if you have the money, I guess you can buy it, huh? Yeah, think of when people get or the their loans. Would they give you a loan still? Say it again. Uh huh. No, I said, uh, would you get? Do you? Do they still offer you loans again? Like, do they still offer loans? Like, even after you're foreclosed? You probably won't get a conventional loan from a conventional bank. Mm hmm. Hmm. And so. It's that's interesting. Seven years and then it's off. Wouldn't I, I would think it'd be on there forever? Nope. Huh. But um, it's so the so you're so again so back to the back to your what you were saying is so you're evicting these people. You see most of uh, divorces, most of what causes the foreclosures, and these are this isn't fun conversations. Obviously, your kids you won't be having with your kids. Uh, you know, you're teaching them the, you know, the nice stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like, we own this apartment and like, or this house. And then people come in here and stay like, that's what they do. <laughs> I mean, I won't be able to hide it from them. I obviously work from home. I work for myself. They're right. going to hear my phone conversations. I don't intend on hiding this right. from them, but they're right. only, they're five and two. They just plain right. old don't understand yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. There you go. Yeah. They're just, they're, they care about Hot Wheels right now. <laughs> And well, Digimon or something, whatever they watch. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's it. I, I still like that. You know, I watch Disney movies all the time. Right there with your kid. <laughs> um, but, um, man, that's cool. So, with, so you, so through the, uh, and that was interesting as well. So, with this Airbnb during COVID, because you owned your homes, you did not experience what you saw in the in the internet because it was people get taking out loans so that they can sell Airbnbs because they made money. Mm -hmm. But during COVID, that's whenever they were like, "Oh, nobody's staying here." Like, did you have friends that like that like that had that happened to at all, or knew people of that happened yeah, to? I had friends here in the investing community here in Pittsburgh, and <clears throat> yeah, they had to give them up. 
That must have hurt, man. It does hurt. You have to furnish those and places. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm going to pack up my clothes and leave. You have a fully furnished yeah, yeah. unit. Yeah, yeah. Man. There's, uh, you know, there's... There's uh, been so much opportunity, especially with technology nowadays, um, that, you know, because Airbnb, what is Airbnb? Airbnb is just a company that's online that sells, and then you don't, you don't have to own these things. I mean, that's why this happened to me. That was the whole opportunity with it. You don't have to own them. Yeah, Airbnb is just a listing platform. Mm-hmm. For people to for stay a on short, there. A short term rental. And I've seen houseboats. I've seen tree houses. I've seen tents, like glamping. <clears throat> it's whatever you have that can. All of it. I didn't know. I did not know tents made the cut. I did not know tents made the cut. <laughs> did, do they really? Glamping tents, yeah. Like, what is this? Like a fancy. What is a glamping tent? I've never heard of this. Glamorous camping, yeah. Glamping. Oh, wow. Glamping. Okay, that's a new word for me. Yeah. Okay. It's word of the day next Toastmaster session. But, <laughs> but do you know um, how Airbnb started? Glam uh -huh. I did not know how Airbnb started. So the, the co-founders, they lived out in San Francisco. You know those rents out there are ridiculous. And... They took an air mattress mm -hmm. and set it up in their living room, and they just allowed people to stay on it. So it was an air mattress and a bed and mm. breakfast. That's where Airbnb comes from. Air mattress and bed and breakfast. That's how they came up with it. Uh -huh. Holy crap! So it's not—it's not anything genius or anything. It was just like. Hey, this combine these things two two together and then make something great, and now they're doing super excellent. Mm -hmm. I I could have came up with that. Oh my gosh! Why did I think guys. of that? They don't. At one point, they didn't own any real estate. Like I said, this is just the like. At the time, it was like the Craigslist for places you could sleep. It was just a list. It's still. Oh a my listing gosh. Platform. Oh my gosh. What is the, I don't know if you've ever seen that uh, little, like it's like a, a meme or something. It's like Airbnb owns no apartments. Yeah. Uber owns no cars. Or what is the, I can't remember what the other ones are. Amazon doesn't own any, any store stores or something like that. Yeah. Storefronts. Like, it's like, what is happening to this world? You know? Technology. Technology. It's great. It's like, the and best it's uh, way to uh combine technology and like almost communal sharing if you will mhm mm mm -hmm. yeah you know it, it, it i'm going to say this again real estate is so interesting to me i feel like i'm a frustrated real estate investor i did dabble in wholesaling at some point i went into insurance cuz i told this to Wayne too as well like uh i wanted to provide something to like you know, kind of do something that all of my friends aren't doing, right? Because I feel like it was super saturated. I said the same thing with Wayne too. Um, but it's so interesting to me because again, these visualizations, you got Airbnb, you got now, you guys are doing bank notes, you got 
mean, all these different types of, uh, of real estate would just only like pay attention and work the system. Mm-hmm. I think you would really like Nook. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's kind of behind the real estate. Now, we eventually get into the physical real estate when we have to take it back. But this is more, mm-hmm. they call it the paper side, but like nothing's on paper. Everything's mm-hmm. digital. Right, right. <laughs> the digital side now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And then, so I mean, you guys, from what, from my understanding, people that, because you guys are trading, and so let me understand this correctly. You guys are owning these mortgages. You can trade them amongst each other for both short-term and long-term gain. Yeah. Is that is that like or like you guys? That's, I, I, I'm still in shock with it. Can you explain that particular system again, the whole banknotes thing? Because sure. it's like baffling. Sure. So, so yeah. we were kind of talking about this earlier. Not everybody can go to a conventional mm-hmm. bank and get a conventional mortgage. I was one of those people. Because I'm self-employed, a lot of banks don't like to lend to me. So... I would have to go either to the seller of the house and say, would you hold the mortgage for me? Or I may have to go out to a hard money lender and pay higher interest rates to get the mortgage that way. So whichever way you choose, mm-hmm. sometimes the seller will say, you know what? If you give me a hundred grand for this house and you pay me a thousand bucks a month until it's paid, we can do that. That's technically a note. Mm-hmm. And a note is just, mm-hmm. there's a note and then there's a mortgage. And that's what we're trading. So if I, if I on that deal that I just said, I'm going to buy this house for a hundred grand, a thousand bucks a month until it's paid off. Say this guy gets 20 grand from mm-hmm. me and he wants to move to Florida mm-hmm. and he has to put 50 grand down mm-hmm. on his apartment down there condo down there so he could go to somebody like wayne and say hey she's got 80 grand left to pay me will you buy this from me for 60 and wayne would say sure mm-hmm. the house is worth a 100 right she owes 80 and i'll pay you 60 today So the lady, just really quick, I'm imagining a lady whenever you're saying this, that you said she, yeah, so lady, um, uh, does she have to pay the remaining 20,000? Oh, what happens yeah. to the remaining 20,000? So Wayne okay. gets it. Okay. Got it. So then it's like a refinance note or bank loan across Wayne 20 grand over spend of 15, uh-huh. Bought it for twenty Got grand it. on Okay, sale. but who pays the other? F- the person. Okay, yeah, house. but who pays the other twenty? That's where I'm confused. Like the person in the that house. he pays it and now because, it, and then now because Wayne owns it or you own it, they pay it to you. Yep. You're Is that how bank. that works? Dios mío. Yeah, it's honestly. <laughs> it means my God in English. If you, I, I understood. Oh my God, I I know what you said. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> Wait, are you Hispanic? No. Sorry. <laughs> are you Hispanic? I was like, okay. You look Hispanic. <laughs> yeah, I get that sometimes. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Got sidetracked what you're saying. If you, if you talk to anybody that has a house and a mortgage, say they got their original mortgage with Wells Fargo. Maybe two or three years down the line, now they're paying Chase Bank. You need to ask somebody that you know that owns a Wait, house what? and say, the person, that, the bank that you pay your mortgage to, has it ever changed? And if they say yes, their note got sold or traded. That's why that happens. Yeah. You know, I, I've, okay, so I just remember from, okay, so I used to knock doors, like, go around like sell people says I talk to people all the time and like they used to tell me stories and one of the things that I kept one of the things because we always like we asked for the check at the end like hey can you get me like the check or something like about the house and it's like oh yeah and then they'd mention something like that it's like oh yeah my bank changed or the people that I pay it to change and it's like kind of like the I feel like the curtain like the, like I've gone to see behind the curtain it's like oh that's what happens okay let's close that thing and I'll tell you that's why. crazy <laughs> Uh -huh. Wayne and I do this all the time. If you if you take all your money and you buy three notes, then all your money's tied up until they pay it all back. Now what Wayne and I do is maybe we'll sell the first ten years of each of those notes, and then we get some money mm -hmm. back, and we can go out and buy some more. And y'all have been doing this, and y'all are going to continue doing this until until when? What's the goal? Like, owning the earth? <laughs> Some people <laughs> want to do that 50 times. Like, recapitalize themselves okay. 50 times. Wayne and I are more on, like, the 200 time. We want to do that, like, 200 times. Okay. Because if they're... So not the earth, notes. the universe. Got it. And I just sold the first 10 years. Uh -huh. I still have the other 10 years left. That I'll get paid. It it almost, and it almost forces you to think long term just by nature. Yeah. You Like you have to think like a bank. Yeah. And you want to be a bank. You don't want to be a landlord. You don't want to be a flipper. You don't want, at least mm -hmm. I don't anymore. I don't want to be the person in mm -hmm. charge of all of those houses. Yeah. I want to be in charge of all the mortgages. Right. Is it, would you say it's like less of a headache or like how would you compare it? Like obviously not talking trash to the flippers and the wholesalers and all that, but is it nicer, like cooler or what, what is it? about so, it that attracts what i think is nicer is i never speak to the people i have a servicing company mm. do that so i only have to log in and oh really reports. okay but the harder side is i have to choose if i'm going to foreclose on someone or if i'm going to work with them or has it gone sideways is my question yeah 
like the foreclosure like have they like could you tell could you share a story like with that or of what you can share or you can't i'm trying to think of something crazy that happened. if you can't i totally understand because obviously this is okay We don't even need okay. to get to foreclosure. We do something called a deed in lieu, and they just sign the house back over. Mm -hmm. Which is nice for them. Okay. Because there's not a foreclosure. Deed in lieu. Uh-huh. Oh. So as as a person, would you say... So I was going to ask, oh, so like, what is the benefit? Is there benefits to doing it with you versus a bank? Like, is that a benefit? your situation if you can't get mm -hmm. a mortgage with a conventional bank then yeah it would be worth it to work mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. but i charge more okay right right for your services and your the ability to do that well i'm taking a risk on you as a borrower correct right for whatever reason okay you know you don't fit into the traditional model and I have to take a risk on you. Mm -hmm. So I need compensation mm -hmm. for that. Right. Correct. And Correct. Because that's what banks do. Uh -huh. yeah. And the riskier the deal is, the less mm -hmm. likely I'm going to be able to sell that note to somebody else and recapitalize myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The riskier it is, Say that again. The riskier it is. Yeah. The riskier the borrower is, the less likely I uh -huh. am to sell that note to somebody else. Got it. Okay. Okay. The more risky. So there is like, it, is it kind of like, uh, what is it? I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever seen the Big Short, the movie? You've seen it. I have. Definitely seen it. I mean. Or have you not? Uh-huh. See, that's where finance gets a little blurry. Like, that's where I go back to college and I'm just, like, zoning out a little bit. <laughs> that stuff is Okay, crazy. okay. That's the crazy kind of finance. You know, when you hear about, like, Ponzi schemes or things that are too good to be true, which happens not just in finance, you know, it obviously can happen in the housing market stuff like that that's when you should stay away from that stuff nothing is as good as it seems and nothing is right um, as good as it sounds okay Do you know what i mean yeah 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 it's you're saying that it there's what actually explain what do you mean <laughs> so like for crypto when crypto was really hot and they're like oh put your money in it'll you know 10x overnight mm -hmm. and then it like drops mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 100x in a month <laughs> but then you're back up. right you know yes. you remember that commercial where right that guy who's packing up his desk and he's like i invested in crypto i'm a millionaire and then he has to like shamefully walk back to his desk he's like i'm not a millionaire anymore that like i'm not a <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yes if, if something is that oh my gosh or the whole millionaire you know, in a 
short period of time promise, that's what you should stay away from. And, you know, it was people, I don't know if you heard about the Luna incident with crypto, like everybody's talking, I don't know if you, Wayne told you about no, the kid sure that told his like dad. No, but I'm sure it's the Robin Hood of um, stocks. Remember that GameStop? Kind of something like. Yes. It's, it's just like that. What was that? <sighs> that was a little. What was that? Like, was this just like. Uh-huh. That was a little bit different. That was a bunch of people pulling together to manipulate one particular stock. Got it. Okay. And then they kind of crashed it when they all pulled Did they out. get in trouble for that or No one got in trouble. I don't know if the Robinhood platform got a little slap on the wrist from the SEC or something. But Mm. That's interesting cuz yeah, you hear uh there's I mean there's a bunch of movies like, you know, the one that we mentioned earlier there's like the i can't remember the boys or something like that it's like like people just you just this guy just basically um in order to seem like he was making profit he just added a zero at the end of his balance sheet and that's i mean because finance is numbers and zeros and you can do that totally unethical but you can do that yeah do you remember Space? Like how does that like how do you get away with that? Don't. Office space? No, no. Office space, that uh-huh. movie, they were stealing fractions of a penny. I'd never no, I'd never what is this? You need to watch that movie. It's it's hilarious. But it's okay. also like a like a fraud <laughs> kind of movie. Fraud, yeah, based, yeah, yeah. No, there's always in, like interesting things. I'm like like how for one, how do you have the heart to do that? Like, I will not be able to sleep. I, like, I just told you, like, I freaking out twenty five dollars. I can imagine, like, telling twenty five thousand people that I'm you're in profit and I'm totally lying to everybody. Like, I could not imagine that pressure. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> and, and, and you know, and it's interesting to me because it's all. Uh, all of this, like basically everything that we're encompassing here, and for the people listening, um, is basically wealth generating, you know, uh, systems. Uh, in this particular sense, would be real estate. Now, you shared with me, Cassie, and a very interesting book, and I love reading books. Yes. Um, the True Wealth Formula: How to Master Money, Live Free, and Build a Legacy by Hans Johnson. Mm-hmm. Never read this book. Don't know what it's about, but you sent it to me. Why is this important to you? What did or what did this provide you? Um, like, what did this do for you? So this book allowed me to create a overarching system for me that manages all of my investments because I have quite a few and they're quite different. This book helped me categorize mm-hmm. them, keep them in check, so that you don't do too much crazy stuff. You don't do too much safe stuff mm-hmm. and not make any money. Mm-hmm. It'd be like putting your money in a savings account that only paid you 1% back. You're not going to make any money doing that. So it gives mm-hmm. you that nice diversity mm-hmm. and mix that I talked about earlier. What's my best recommendation? It's diversifying. So this book will show you how to do mm-hmm. it. But you get to make the decisions. You get to make your mm-hmm. investment decisions. 
I think there's too many people out there. Mm-hmm. I get this question mm-hmm. all the time. They're like, oh, you're in real estate. What should I do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're into. I don't know what freaks you out. You know, Leo, you get freaked out by $25. <laughs> I, I don't think you should <laughs> do some of what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> but this book, right, right. Well, this book will walk you through it. And there's a, okay. like I said, there's a system behind it. Hans Johnson is very young. I, th- I don't even think he's hit 50 yet. So he's, that's something to be said because oh, really? my mentors are, I love them, but they're getting a little bit older. <laughs> and there's something, uh-huh. there's something to be said for someone this impactful and wise that you know they're going to be with you for another 20 years. <laughs> At least. Right, right, right. And him and right. his kids are doing it. Like, his one son is really involved in it. So I know there's going to be a next generation of this. But there's a whole community. Really? Oh, wow. He has an app. It's called Wealth Builders. You can download it right on, right from your iPhone, Android. It's, it's called Wealth Builder. And he has videos. Hmm. He has calculators. He helps you, like, forecast mm-hmm. the stuff you know like we were talking about earlier with mm-hmm. the stocks that compound and stuff like that that's a lot to digest and you can yeah, yeah. plug in Drip. numbers into his calculator and you you could see the the graph and when it'll really start going up but cool that's actually really interesting so it encompasses it's like a in all system and like a different kind of diversity yeah. diverse wealth system to organize yep. kind of i guess you can call that yep so I'll, i'm oh my kind gosh. of going and, into a nutshell and, here but uh-huh, sorry say you take your regular income mm-hmm. he wants you to live off of 70 percent tithe 10 percent and if you don't have any debt he wants you to take 20 percent and invest it mm. now if you have debt mm. you can take 10 percent to your debt on, on top of your regular payments. These are like extra debt payments and then 10% mm-hmm. to your wealth building. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. That's really cool. It is I've cool. never heard of that book and I'm a, I'm a big fan of, yeah, it's, it, I love learning about this stuff because diversity is, especially in nowadays, I think, because um, like you're having a lot of companies doing like multi-service stuff at this point. A lot of companies because of the internet and because of technology mm-hmm. and at least i think ah that's interesting that's interesting and so you mentioned something earlier and i'm kind of going to touch on it because i thought it was an interesting comment um you said that it's kind of like dave ramsey on steroids can you explain that like what does that what does that mean to you because yeah. dave ramsey is very conservative i guess you would say with money money wiser that's what i mean Uh sometimes too conservative and Mm -hmm. i think the flaw Mm -hmm. in his system is that he wants you to take all of your extra money and put it towards your debt i mean he he Mm -hmm. offers i think like a little emergency fund of like a grand or something but Mm -hmm. that's just not logical for a lot of people and right. if you, if it takes you 10 years to pay off your debt, you missed 10 years of investing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. 
That's one of my true. favorite socks actually, is let's see what it's at today. Oh my gosh, that's a good perspective actually. Six dollars and sixty three cents today. So when I tell you I take fifty to sixty bucks every two weeks, that's ten shares of my favorite stock. But according to Dave Ramsey, mm -hmm. I should have put all of that on my student loans that I still have. Debt, right? Me too. Yeah. No, I'm still paying extra on my yeah, student loans. Yeah. But why not buy a couple stocks? Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's I've only the I think the last book that I read on money management. I don't know if you've read it. It's called. Um, the psychology of money um, and it's basically all it's encompassing is is just invest like the whole story of it like a, it starts off with like how did a janitor outperform a, a new york stockbroker how did he make how did this janitor make 25 million this stockbroker only made 250,000 and it was just this whole idea of like he kept investing little by little by little by little a little until he retired yeah. and he was a millionaire whenever he retired he just kept putting it in stocks kind of like what you're doing yeah. is this a game that anybody can play yes yes and <clears throat> i think i always really liked this analogy when i was in college there obviously wasn't many girls in mm -hmm. the finance major mostly men mm -hmm. and my professor mm -hmm. pointed to all of the women and he said you guys are going to outperform these guys and he's like, I will bet my life on it. And we're all like, why would you say that? Wait, he said that you were, wait, 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 what did he say it again? He said that he you said were going to the outperform them? In this, if you stay in the finance field and investments, the women will outperform the men. And we're all just like, what are you That doing? is interesting. And that is. I was so intimidated. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to go to the stock floor and like trade and do these crazy day trades. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, what are you talking about? And he said, no, investments mm -hmm. are like a bar of soap. The more you touch them, the less you're going to have. Investments is like a bar of soap. Okay, got it. Okay. So you don't want to touch them. You want to leave. You want to buy, leave it, and, and let hold. It is that so what you're saying? That are let it grow. Day trading. They're like, oh, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. You know, that's like taking the bar of soap and putting it under the water. And taking it back and putting it right back in the water and taking it back. Now, if I just have a bar of soap, you know, next to my sink and I don't touch it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. Yeah, it's just going to stay a soap. I think uh, the same size soap. I think that's what I really like about Hans Johnson, too. He keeps it very simple. Mm. He doesn't make this complicated. I mean, it tweet. Well, it, I guess, yeah, I mean, for people that are not in money, it's like, how do you take a system, systems, and create a system on top of that? That's my question. It's like, how did you think about this, bro? Like, how did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it man. On a lot of they, you know, uh-huh. Trial and error. Does he talk about that in the book? Like, the like all the stuff that he tried and stuff? And like, okay, like the story behind it and everything? Mm -hmm. Like. That's interesting. That's interesting. You know, I've always, uh, you know, one of the reasons this podcast came about, and I know we're running short on time here, but um, is because I wanted to, uh, it's it's an exploration of 
different kinds of people, different kinds of cultures, different kinds of everything. And one of my most interested ones is entrepreneurship and talking, connecting with more entrepreneurs, you know, and growing together. Cause I get encouraged whenever I hear your stories and, you know, vice versa, I hope. But, uh, it's again, I'm going to say this again. This is why I like this country a lot because of the opportunity that it provides. Yeah. USA baby, <laughs> the opportunity that it provides and, uh, and just the liberty of market, what is it free the, the free market you know um i didn't say this last time and i'm gonna say this now i believe in people so much that i think that free market will grow and especially decentralized and all that stuff i feel like we most of us try to do good therefore more good happens you know mm-hmm. so um i don't know sorry we're in a little rant there but no. uh you know for yeah uh-huh sorry most people don't have what you have leo they've never lived anywhere else i mean you could probably mm-hmm. google it but the majority of americans have never left the united states so yeah. usually the most yeah. opinionated people about oh america sucks or you know blah, blah blah they have never lived anywhere else like and right even europe like europe is not free i lived in England for a no. little bit, not free. They are not free over there. It is really, you did. It is so hard to like move up from nothing to something over there. Really? Yes. Yes. Why is that? If you want me to ask, I'm interested in that. I didn't know you lived in London. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not saying like they're gonna take you out back and like make you disappear, but it's just very difficult to rise mm. through the ranks over there. Is it because of what would you say that is? Uh, the taxes don't help. The taxes are very high. Mm. And their mm. businesses and the mentality of their workers isn't towards how can we you know, do the best make the most profit while helping the most people and you know what I mean? Like I worked at a, a charity mm-hmm. over there. It was a Royal charity and mm. these people would get six to eight weeks of vacation a year. And that didn't include the federal holidays. That's a lot. And the bank holidays. Yes. And That's I'm a lot. in the procurement department and there were about six of us. There were four main people my boss and I was the intern and at one point somebody was always on a two week vacation somebody different like, <laughs> you cannot you cannot get anything done that is hilarious but people are like I want to move to Europe like I want like you know a, a year's yeah. maternity leave yeah 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 yeah. you're not going to get anything done with that kind of attitude. No way. And there's, there's wow. literally no team participation. Like, there's no way to move an organization, a country, an economy forward with that kind of garbage going on. Germany, I, I think it's Germany. My gosh, Germany's that is worse. interesting. The women can go on maternity <sighs> leave, and you don't have to go back to work for, like, six years. Six years? It's It was something ridiculous like that. And when 
we bizarre, were, yeah. Recent, like, and when I say recently, I want to say like six years ago. You'd go to these shops in town. Uh-huh. The shop could be open from like 10 a.m. to 4. I'm like, how do you survive? How do you make enough money to pay your overhead? And is it is it would you say it's a a more like relaxed culture compared to here too relaxed like too relaxed relaxed. okay and you've lived it yeah and they just that's interesting don't care about a lot and there's there's something for balance but when you just are blase about everything that's how the laws can change that's how (laughs) can change and because you're just not paying attention Mm. the best thing about being Mm -hmm, an mm -hmm. entrepreneur is you are on the pulse of the taxes and the laws like in my city they just yes 100 percent and it's it's to um improve the parks and the green space well guess what (laughs) as soon as that tax came down it wasn't much but it was like $50 $50 for every 100000 that the house was worth? Guess who I passed that right on to? My tenants. The tenant. I'm yes. not paying for it. I wasn't the only jerk that didn't vote for it. Apparently enough people didn't vote against it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to pass it along. Right. It's the... At the end of the day, you know, it's it's crazy because with this whole tax situation... And I'm just like you, like I'm like looking at the inflation rate. It went down, thank God, but still really high anyways. Um, but it's, yeah, we are always, I'm always, I've noticed that about myself too. It's like, it's like I always know like more of like the finance of what's going on in the world instead of, you know, the, your regular news or something like that. But it is uh, one of the, one, I don't know if you know Patrick, but David, I love that guy, Valuetainment. Um, and he talks about like it's the middle class and the poor people that at, at the end of the day end up paying the taxes anyways. Yep. It's the middle class and the lower income class that end up end up paying the taxes anyways. Yeah, like it's are. the smart people that know how to work assets and move the money and you know get stuff done. Which it can sound icky to some people, especially if you're you know more less about big companies and stuff, but. Um, it is just the reality of it. Like, it's it, the people that know less about it end up paying more for it. Yeah. That makes sense at and all. And that's another tie back to Hans Johnson when he says legacy. Mm-hmm. So it's not just enough to make a lot of money on your own. You need to be able to pass it down to the next generation without right. a ton right. of taxes being taken off. And you can do it, but there's right, certain ways you right. have to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I didn't know you lived in London. That's so cool. How long did you live there? Not long. It was like six months. Uh, <laughs> Bounce. That's pretty cool, though. Is it? Does it rain a lot? Yeah. Does it still rain? Like, it, is, like, is it like foggy like they say in the movies and stuff? It's and... not foggy. It's not like San Francisco, but it's it's just like Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And Pittsburgh is just like Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You guys get rained on a lot. <laughs> so it doesn't bother me. In Seattle, too. Oh, my gosh. It doesn't gosh. bother me one bit. Like, 
it's my favorite when I go somewhere and they're like, you're oh, used I, to it. I feel like crap today. The weather's so crappy. And I'm like, if you live where I live and if you waited That's on the me. weather, you're screwed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> you, you'd be like the Europeans not getting anything done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Yeah, I did notice that about I went to Europe and I, I, I will go there again because I went with my back hurt. But it was that's what that's the story that I've been sold. It's very relaxed. Like they criticize Americans for like working too hard and live life and say la vie and, you know, the whole and it's, eh, you know, it's a nice. I'll place live that at some point. I want to hustle right now. It's a nice. Right. Place to live. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Right. You know. Okay. Yeah, me either. Yeah, the toilets are way too small in Paris for me. So, and this, it's like a, oh, Europe is old. That's the thing. It's old. It's like an old, there's a bunch of old countries from like the Roman times and like the, like where, where all of this came about basically. Mm-hmm. So it's, I love, I, I love Europe, but yeah, they, I, I definitely agree with you because with that, we are def like <laughs> Americans are definitely seen as more like fast paced. Go, 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 go. And I love it. And I love it because we get to make podcasts and get to be banks, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to end, uh, with this last thing. Uh, well, first off, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, I loved the knowledge that you shared with us here on the late podcast. Uh, banknotes, Toastmaster. Or no, we didn't even talk about Toastmaster, but I'm going to mention it anyways. Uh, um, Airbnbs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, living in different places. What, you know, let me tell you something. What is, let me ask you something. What is, um, actually, I've, I ended all the podcasts with this because I more than anything want to help other people. If they're like you, what, is, what would you tell them? Like if they're just now starting investing or, um, what would you tell someone that wants to get into it um, that is a little bit scared of it? I'd say learn as much as you can about what you're scared about. And sometimes when you learn mm. the downsides or the pitfalls, now that you know them, you're not as afraid. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Casey, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate um you taking the time uh, to share your stories, share your knowledge, and share the world what Americans are made of. You yeah, know? Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'm an I'm an American citizen now, and this is I love this country. We're so so go USA, baby, on the lead. <laughs> thank you so much. And we're gonna end this right now. I usually have a jingle, but I haven't done it yet. Oh.